Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Silicon Valley Bank. Hello, everybody. It's Frank Gruber again. We're back with the Startup of the Year podcast. Today, we're talking about the state of startup land as we do a deeper dive into the SVB Startup Outlook Report. So, super excited to have a special guest today, and we'll, we'll introduce him, him in a second. But uh, before we do that, let's talk about who our co-hosts are today. We've got two co-hosts today. We've got Lori Teal and Rich Malloy from the Startup of the Year team. Uh, and we've lost a couple today. Joe Corbett, who's been on the last couple of casts, is tied up. Um, he's got a, a little, couple little ones, and it's spring break. Woo! So he's tied up with that. And um, we've got Jen Consalvo, who's one of our co- co-hosts as well. She's tied up at a client. Uh, we work with um, the establishing works with NASA and the NASA iTech program, and she's actually at the Space Symposium, which sounds pretty amazing. Um, she's probably at this point uh, talking about the black hole photo that came out this week, or maybe string theory as they look to, you know, head to the moon, moon in five years, which is pretty exciting. So uh, we'll probably have her back on the cast soon, but right now she's she's with space people. She's did in you, space. And yeah. did you know that a you know uh, 28-year-old female engineer is responsible for that black hole photo? Yes, from MIT. That's what. Isn't yes, that yeah. amazing? It's pretty amazing. Yeah, they've been trying to find and spot a t- uh, black hole for 200 years or something, and uh, she figured it out with an algorithm. So that's pretty amazing. Um, and we should probably introduce our special guest, who's joining us from. Silicon Valley Bank, SVB. Um, they're actually one of the supporters of our podcast, and we're excited to have uh, a special guest from SVB today. We're going to have a couple, actually a f- a several for over the next um, few casts as we work with them on a number of different initiatives. But today, we're going to be talking about the SVB Startup Outlook Report and uh, showcasing some startups. So before we get started, let's introduce uh, our special guest today. We've got Theron McCullen. He's a uh, He's joining us from San Francisco. He's been a, he's been a startup founder himself. He's worked in the industry for a long time, um, and now he's working with startups with uh, SVB. Everyone, welcome, warm welcome for Theron. Yeah. Thanks, welcome. Hey, Theron. Welcome to the cast. Yeah, pretty fun, huh? Pump me boy, up, yeah. boy, I don't get that music. <laughs> yeah, what's well, <laughs> I worked really hard on that. Um, <laughs> we'll have oh, to find some, we'll have to find some some jams for you all. So when we do the intros, it's more fun. But yeah, thanks for joining us today. How you doing? How's everybody doing today? Good. It's Friday. Good. Happy Friday. Happy yep. Friday. Yep. Happy Friday. Um, you may not be listening on a Friday, yeah, but let's just be pretend Friday it's Friday. It's Friday. Friday. Yeah. Listener. Maybe just could be Friday in your head. Maybe that, that's that's a better way. Every, it's always every day Friday, could be Friday in my head. <laughs> right. When you work in a startupy kind of environment, I mean, and you're always on a mobile device, like it's Friday every day, right? Why you're not? always connected. Why not? All right. So let's get started. Uh, today, we're going to st- discuss five startups. Actually, we reduced it to four. I, I was lying earlier. It's four. And uh, we're, we're now going to talk about the. Uh, before we do that, we're going to st- talk about the SVB Startup Outlook Report that came out pretty recently, um, and it's in its 10th year. So, Theron, what's happening out in, in, in startup land right now? We want to kind of jump in, and, and what did you guys find in that report? Uh, many things. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, uh, we we saw 
a lot of uh, surprising and interesting things um, kind of out of left field and some of them not so surprising, but even more painful. Um, for example, that uh, we all have hiring problems when it comes to engineers and just trying to, mm -hmm. to fill those buckets um, is becoming more and more of an issue. Um, yeah, we, the, uh, the report was, was great and we, we interviewed almost 1500 different founders. All of them had less than 25 employees. Most of them were private companies and not, uh, public companies. So we tried to get a really good litmus for what's kind of happening in the industry. And as you mentioned, uh, been doing this for 10 years now. So we've seen a lot of, a lot of change and some of the things that were not even on the horizon, you know, have uh, have become paramount and most important to us in our uh, economy right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, ten years is a long time, and you're obviously seeing those trends. So maybe, what what is kind of those um, those general takeaways that you saw from this report? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is there's still not enough females. Um, there's still not enough women in um, in these roles, these executive roles, as far as either a co-founder or CEO. Um, we still found that was about 28% of the companies that we um, reviewed. Um, the interesting part and what I think you know, I love to focus on is it's actually grown 10% since the last 10 or since the last year. So if we can keep up a 10% growth, if we can't, you know, help push it to 20%, um, eventually, you know, we'll get to more of a balanced, um, team and balanced orgs. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking, looking forward to, uh, into 2020 and beyond. Yeah. You'd think year over year, if you continue that trend, you should be able to get to that 50 percent ish number, right? I'm, I'd hope so. Just like most of these, um, numbers and especially, um, this has been highlighted and, and is an issue that, you know, I think we're, we're actively um, just finding phenomenal founders and they, they happen to be female CEOs and all that and being able to, to be helpful. It should just, uh, you know, continue that trend and, and, you know, it should be 50% um, right now. So how do we, right. the faster we get there, you know? Yep. Totally. Totally. That's great. And then uh, you also found, what else did you find? Sure. Yeah, I have lots of little stats here um, that are pretty interesting. Um, one of the things I found most interesting, and this is always part of the case when we do this, uh, there's a certain amount of companies that aren't sure where they're going to raise money from. Um, and I find there was a big jump, about a 5% jump since last year, up to 15% of the companies don't really know where they're going to um, raise um, raise their money or, or do as far as a company, whether it's IPO um, or acquisition. Um, and I find that really interesting in that there's more options now than there were in the past. So you have... Opportunities like um, venture debt at earlier stages and companies like Lighter Capital that are offering, um, they're basically building, they built their company off of uh, algorithms to say, hey, this is a SaaS company that has these kind of metrics. We should lend against that. Um, so I think uh, companies have more options than they had in the past. And they uh, they have an ability to say, hey, do we want to IPO? Do we want to get acquired? Do we want to just build a big company? Um, I think that's uh, that was one of the most interesting um, things. that the parts that aren't as interesting that are kind of expected is your strategy is through acquisition um, for the most part. And um, you're still uh, going against that, that goal of, of trying to just get acquired. Um, and that's uh, that as well as the, uh, the hiring is uh, just mm -hmm. a massive issue. As I mentioned earlier, talent. Yeah. There's not enough talent. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, not, well, I don't, I, 
my speculation is we're seeing more distributed teams as well. So um, there are ecosystems of talent and that is really difficult. And so my, my feeling is, and my thought is we're going to start reaching out further kind of into that ether and finding more talent from different uh, parts of the world, which, uh, which is also, you know, pretty awesome, pretty interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally makes sense. And then you mentioned um, maybe that there people are focused more on or the IPO is focused people in an interesting position, but can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, what's happening or what we've seen is there is the same amount, if not more, I guess definitely more capital being deployed into the ecosystem, but less bets are being made. So there's been a little bit of a change from, and I think we saw a really big upswing in, in 2018, Um of making a lot of small bets where I wouldn't say by any means investors are tightening um, tightening their wallets at all, but they're deploying capital into companies that have maybe found product market fit or found some semblance of of month over month growth, um, revenue growth, things like this, and making bets against those early companies that are producing revenue um, or finding things besides vanity metrics. So if it's a a negative churn combined with um, new users or something like that um, to be a little bit smarter. I think these investors are looking at that versus um, just throwing a lot of small checks around, Um, which I don't, I don't know if that's going to continue or not. You know, we have actually a surprisingly strong 2019 um, in the end of Q1 now as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's talk about that investment. So founders are out there looking, you know, for investors and it was a hotter year for that, but still, fundraising is hard so maybe do you do you have any idea why or thoughts on why i you know we have to face it you know as founders fundraising fundraising is always hard right i mean um that's that's one of those things that you have to uh to go down that road um i for me what i'm what i'm seeing or what i'd like to see i guess is from the point that you start your company is trying to design metrics on what milestones and and how you benchmark yourself to get to that series A. So instead of, you know, instead of making it more of an arbitrary we need to raise a series A, but say to your team and yourself as a CEO, we need to hit this many customers um, to justify that round. Um, which, you know, is kind of a a way to look at it to to take to those same investors, build those relationships with those same investors and try to get them to double down. Um, there's also, you know, the, all this is speculatory, of course, but because there are so many micro funds that opened last year and some of these emerging managers that, um, that started to pool capital together, that um, follow-on rounds are coming now. And we have like a year and a half later where a lot of these companies are needing more capital to keep running. And so if you have an option of, hey, I'll make five or 10 more investments this year, um, into unknown companies or ones that are pre-seed and, and then say, well, may, maybe I should just do three to five companies and double down on, on those that have right. made some progress already. Rich, did you, you want to add something? Yeah, that doubling down and, you know, that observation, uh, Theron, is, is I think very important because with all of, like you mentioned, all the micro funds, the, the nano funds even that are sub, sub 20 million, 
there's there's so much that so much more capital it's being deployed at that level at that early stage level and and then the other investors have moved up to the series a i remember talk about a series a crunch about um seven or six or seven years ago and now if we get all these these startups that are raising seed rounds right now in 18 months then they're going to be out looking for their next either seed 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 two or their series a round and so maintaining those relationships with those investors that invested in your seed one when you go to look for your seed two or your series a is absolutely critical yeah we definitely see that especially if uh rich when you have a almost well a lot of times your your companies will come back to you first and say hey you know we've done really well together i'll give you a discount on this next round um, and, and that's, yeah, these companies are hitting that maturation about now. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So it'll be interesting over the next, you know, probably two to three years to watch how that develops. Yeah, totally. Okay. And let's, let's dive into something slightly different here. Investment trends. Um, you're hearing a lot more, uh, maybe bells ringing, uh, physically right now as well as in the future, um, with IPOs. So there's six IPOs slated for this year. What, uh, you know, what will that, you know, do to the investment landscape? Yeah, I think <laughs> I love the bell. Um, <laughs> there's there's uh, a couple things that could happen. And, I, and a lot of it depends on what, you know, the signals that are going out right now. We have some of these first IPOs actually happening, um, which we've seen some drops in. So what kind of signal does that show? Um, what is that going to put for trends? Um, so there's, you know, it's hard to predict, but if it continues to go really well for these IPOs, um, a lot of people are going to make a lot of money. A lot of people are going to be, have a, you know, be liquid in, in six or eight months. Um, and so that's kind of the other side of, of the coin. Um, if these IPOs go correctly, you're, you're basically going to have a, a bunch of, uh, individuals that are, hey, I understand technology. I love this space. Now I can invest in my friend's companies. Now I can invest in my own company or even further. Maybe I don't have an appetite for that, but I I have enough to put into a, a fund and back to those micro funds again right. and how that could really change the landscape. So there's a lot of you know heightened discussion on, will this keep on growing at its pace? Um, but this could... Uh, this could really fuel that, you know, continued pace really. Yeah, no, you're going to see a lot more money going back to um, founders and folks that have been part of the, these teams for a while. And they're going to now be the next set of investors, like you said. So that's pretty interesting as well. Um, it's a beautiful part about the startup ecosystem is that we can, you know, continue to, to build and develop and do great things. And, uh, you know, as um, companies are successful and create new, create new investors. And even in, even in, Places like uh, when uh, Uber acquires a you know, big company in the um, Northern Africa, Middle East, that, that is basically the Uber of, of the Middle East and creates all this new wealth in that economy that then can be pulled back into to, to the next round of startups to come up and, and help drive things forward. I just love the 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 beautiful virtuous cycle of circle all of life, circle <laughs> <laughs> of startup land life. <laughs> um, cool, yeah, no, I totally agree, and um, it's interesting to watch for sure. It, you know, it does it both at um, at the local level and national level, as you see. Like, there's always a local champion.
billion, uh, you know, with a company that rises out of a city that maybe isn't San Francisco, New York, and now they're feeding startups in that local area and helping that economy as well as the national and global economy too. So that's really interesting. Anything else you want to share, Theron? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to share. I guess um, you'll have a, a link somewhere to that um, yes. startup report. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you want to listen, uh, read the report yourself, you can actually go to uh, – it's off of SVB's um, – It's there's a link on svb.com. But uh, the short link for it is SOTY.link, L-I-N-K, forward slash SVB19. So that's the short link. Uh, you can take a, take a look at it and obviously read it thoroughly as, you know – Knowledge is power, and we appreciate Theron you joining us. And now we're going to join, jump in, and, and talk about some startups that we've been looking at, all of which have kind of set set a theme here for us. Today's theme was really around um, funding, uh, and you know I know that seems like a little bit probably um, broad, but some of our companies are really early stage and haven't raised funding yet. But we've got a bunch of companies that have that have, and we want to share their stories um, and kind of updates uh, as there's a lot of exciting things happening with the startups that come through the startup of the year. Um, program, as well as our our daily newsletter, the Daily Deal Flow, where we're highlighting startups that are raising rounds of capital, and and, and actually some of the companies that come through that that uh, newsletter have been have actually found investors through that newsletter, and and uh, wanted to share some of those stories too. So. We'll get underway here. We've got four companies uh, from different areas around the country. Um, I'm going to kick it off. We just do it alphabetically. So, uh, before, before we do that, um, Theron, thank you very much for sharing uh, your insights on the SVB Startup Outlook Report. Uh, really appreciate it. There's your, there's your theme music again. <laughs> <laughs> That'll follow you around. I know. That's I got it. Got to figure this one out. Yep. Have that play all, right. all the time for me. Yeah, exactly. While you're walking around. All right, Theron, thanks so much. Let's jump in. We're going to talk today about a company out of Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, it's it's called Knack, and it's basically we've seen them before. They've been a part of our program, and we're at our finals last year. Uh, it's a peer learning uh, platform aimed at college students that works um, with more than 50 college colleges across the U.S. and started uh, starting to kind of move to consumer via a B2B play. Um, so basically, they're now partnering with institutions, being schools, universities, campuses, and the campuses that are, are partnering and then rolling out this um, peer learning product to their students, and it's free to their students. So it includes tutoring, mentoring, coaching um, with some of their high, higher-performing students. And uh, the company NAC out of, out of Tampa is pretty interesting. They've got a founder, um, Samir, um, and a I've got his phonetical Karishi, Samir Karishi. Uh, he, he's an, a graduate of uh, University of Florida. He's a Florida Gator, um, so he's down in, in Tampa now. You know, continuing to to build uh, in the Florida area and um, really moving forward with this company. He um, give you kind of a timeline. We we connected with him last summer. He was just getting this going. Um, he, you know, just getting it going to the next level. He had it kind of as a prototype and, and it grew and grew and grew. And then he was going out raising his first round of, of funding. He was part of our startup of the year program last year in Boston. Um, he was a top 15 finalist at our, at our event. And, um, you know, I just heard actually through our event, he met, uh, one of his angel investors, um, one of our judges, um, he did. yep. Uh, from Cirrus Venture, Cirrus uh, Ventures, and um, out of Denver, and so he got an angel check from being at the event as well as being a top fifteen. Uh, and then in November, he announced he raised his um, seed round, which is a one point five million dollar round. So 
that's that's big for them as they continue to grow. Uh, and then on top of that, um, extra cash that they were able to pull in, um, they also then kind of switched their model slightly. But before I move on to that, they had a really interesting set of seed round investors, uh, which included um, Tampa Bay Lightning owner and Fenway Sports Group partner Jeff Vinnick, who's doing a lot down in Tampa. We work with Embark Collective down there, and he's he's supporting that that effort as well as a number of others in the waterfront um, down there. The as they rebuild um, that that area uh, down there, and it's really interesting. So that's cool. He's got. Uh, Charles Hudson from Precursor Ventures, um, Village Capital. Actually, they won the education program in November, so they were part. Uh, they're if you're familiar with Vill, Villcap, they have the peers from their from their cohort based on a different theme um, vote on who gets the capital, and they won their their cohort. So Village Capital invested in them because all of his their peers around them that were in the education space said that you know you should. You should pick uh, NAC as the the one that gets funded, and so they got that. And through that, they they led um, that led to them working with um, GRE, who does you know the GRE t- assessments, and um, basically now the folks behind that are investors in them as well. So e- ETS is the creator of the GRE test, and um, they're now working together on an experience uh, an experiment, basically a new um, assessment together to now kind of close the loop on all the the the, the platform. So, like, if they deploy this platform to a bunch of college students, they need to now close the loop and see how is this improved upon their experience. How are they getting? Um, either, are they building on their leadership? Are they building on you know the delivery of actually the development of the students? Or you know, and kind of closing that loop. So that's what they're working on with them. And so they've been kind of going gangbusters here. Um, they're hiring uh, as well. Um, so they're, they've got a link out on AngelList. Um, they've got some looking for some senior software engineers, um, and they're continuing to kind of build. So um, if oh, and one more thing, they're competing again. They compete a lot. They, they're competing for the Lamina uh, Prize, which is a um, basically a grant for between twenty five and fifty thousand um, dollars, and they'll know by um, next week uh, if they if they win that. So again, doing a lot in the space, um, like the model switch, where they're actually working with institutions now. Um, colleges, college campuses to kind of have them um, come on as partners, and then uh, and then the partner that partner being the, the college then rolls it out to all the students. So they've got like Florida A and M University and University of Southern Florida and um, Arizona State actually is on board, and they actually actually Arizona State was in their seed round. So lots going on with NAC. Boy, you covered that pretty comprehensively. <laughs> there's a lot going on. NAC's been busy. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, I, was, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I know we've seen some startups do something similar, but um, they've obviously started to get a lot of great tra- traction. And as I was just with a friend last night whose son is about ready to go off to college and she's very nervous and so forth, um, she had these kinds of resources start to be made available in a, in a way that can hopefully really make sure they stay in school and want to stay in school versus return home because that's been a trend, I, I guess, or not a trend, but more and more of my friends have seen their, their college kids go off, but then not really make it all the way through. And so whether that be mm-hmm. lack of resources or not having the right mentoring, et cetera, I just think there's a lot of value to having, um, having this available for students and I, and I hope to see them do well. Yeah, no, totally agree. And it, it's basically their goal is to, to, to provide this free individual support or an individualized support to every student on college campuses. So, like, if you can imagine, like, you go to college and now you have you have this opportunity to now connect with people that can help you 
you know, this is, I think, really powerful. And um, they're just, you know, now currently just scaling it out and rolling it out to a bunch of different campuses. And um, I do have comprehensive stats, if you'd like some, uh, on how this is going. Uh, they've got 20, or sorry, tw- yeah, 20,000 um, total users, 4,000 tutors, uh, 10,000 unique uh, courses covered, and they're, and they're now on over 60 active campuses. So pretty impressive rollout with their seed round of only 1.5 million. I think it's it's tied back to the great team already, and their founder Samir is he is tenacious. He will make this work, and he will push it ahead. So I think that you know always has talk about the founders being the crucial part, and this founder he's a go getter. So I think they're yeah. going to do great. I agree. Next up, we have Lori. You're going to be talking about RentCheck. RentCheck provides security um, to renters and landlords um, to standardize the process, ensuring last, uh, to ensuring lasting financial benefit. Can you talk a little bit more about what that means? I will. Okay. Um, so RentCheck is actually a, a very new startup, and when I say new, I mean just last year. Oh, and, and where are they from? Where are they from? They are from New Orleans. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Love a little New Orleans jazz for you. You like that? Frank, any reason you're playing jazz? <laughs> oh, From jazz. Yes, yes. We're going to be going down to New Orleans. That's right. Uh, in just a couple weeks for InnoConf. So if you heard our last episode, episode six, we talked all about New Orleans and the Gulf Coast and all the different startups that are participating. We're going to be down at InnoConf. Uh, it'll be April 29th through May 2nd. So we'll be down there April 30th, too, with our big startup of the year event. So if you're in the area or, or the region, you should come check it out. Yes, and uh, I'm going to just say early now that you were just mentioning Inno that actually Rent Check will be joining us at our Startup of the Year competition. So we're going to get a chance to meet them in person as well. Do you well. need more jazz? I can play some more. Nope, nope, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. It's just too easy. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I'm looking for my own music like Theron had, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, working on it. Working on it. Working on it. Sorry, so sorry. Okay, go ahead. It's all right. It's all right. So, um, uh, Lydia and Marco are the founders. They started this, like I said, this is a, a very new startup, um, but they're off to a great start. As you mentioned, this is an app hoping to transform the relationship between renters and landlords by allowing both the renter and the landlord to do a virtual walkthrough and sign off on time stamped pictures showing the condition of the property at the at the start and at the end of the lease. And I'm pretty sure we all have been there with the, the rental renting an apartment or a house and the 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 stress that is involved when you go to to leave a place and there, are we going to be on the same page with the landlord. Um, so right. that's what this is pain point they're trying to to solve here. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a game changer because they have definitely starting to get some traction. Um, and it turns out, cause you know, I always like to hear this, the background story that Lydia Winkler and Marco Nelson, the founders, um, each know a little something about rental disputes. They met in business school at Tulane university, which is also in new Orleans, no jazz music necessary. Um, <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> at, and at the time, Lydia was a recent law grad and she was suing her former landlord who refused to, re- to return her $1,600 security deposit. That's a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> and on the flip side, Marco, who she had met in school, he owns property and he was familiar with how murky the inspection process can get, um, especially when working with tenants uh, that are you know not nearby, hundreds of miles away. So together, they put their minds together and decided that rent check um, should, should be born. So the app is already being used by renters and landlords in 40 U.S. states and seven countries. 
Um, it was initially designed with renters in mind, but what's actually interesting is they've gained a lot of traction more with landlords and have seen um, them make up roughly 60% of the downloads so far. So, um, wow. interesting. yeah. So they just took home $50,000 at the idea pitch competition during the recent um, New Orleans Entrepreneurship Week. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I wish I had like a, I don't know, money, money, money sound or something. I need that. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. And, and just, to, just to remind what I just said in the beginning is I'm excited because we're going to get a chance to meet them in person and, um, and have them be a part of our showcase and, and, and pitch competition and, and get to know even more. So awesome. that's great. Rent check. Excellent. That's really great. I like what they're doing. I think it's definitely needed because we've all run into that situation probably with the not quite knowing if our landlord and I are on the same page. So Yeah, I think I'm going to check it out. I'm a current renter as as we speak, and I think it's a great idea. So totally. I think I'm going to give it a try. Great. All right, great. Next up, we've got Coins, which is spelled Q-O-I-N-S, and it's out of Atlanta, Georgia. Rich, do you want to share a little bit more about what they're up to? Absolutely. So Coins is a roundup app to let you use your spare change from everyday purchases to automatically pay off your debt faster than ever. And they are hyper-focused on debt. And like most founders, uh, they have a personal story that links them to the founding of their company. And um, the founder came out of, as he came out of college, he still had some student loans. Or and in his senior year of college, he still had some student loans that he needed to pay off. And uh, rather than figure out a way to make it work, he took out a credit card. And like most college students do when the credit cards show up in, in your, uh, you know, in the middle of campus and ask you to sign up. And so it gets a credit card and wait, wait, the did, he get a, did he get a t-shirt though for it? Cause that's important. Uh, he, I mean, you know, he probably got a t-shirt and a water bottle. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. That's important. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very important. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Yep. Definitely paid for that by, uh, pay, making minimum payments for years on that. And realize that it's hard to, it's, it's when you're, you know, it's, it can be hard to, to set aside the money to make payments, to manage those payments and to manage that process. And unless you are highly disciplined or you are, you've been taught to do this, uh, most Americans pay off, um, make just the minimum payments on their debts each year. 65% of Americans only make the minimum payments on their credit card debts. Yeah. And with interest rates on credit cards being anywhere from, if you're lucky, 15, 16%, all the way up to 25% uh, on an APR, that's, that's a ton of money that you're losing and that you're just pouring into the hands of somebody else. And so what Coins does is it links to your bank accounts and links to your credit cards. And for every dollar that you, for every bit that you spend, it takes the, the change on that. So if it's a $95.66 transaction, then 34 cents of that gets, uh, gets set aside. And at the end of each month, they take that money from your, take that, whatever it's rounded up to, take it to your, from your checking account and automatically make that payment directly for you. And for all of this, they only charge you a dollar ninety nine convenience fee, and so by just paying that dollar ninety nine, you will begin to reduce your debt and pay off your uh, pay off your credit cards three to five years faster than you would um, than you would otherwise. Wow. And one of the one one stat that I love from their website is, is that over four point five million dollars has been paid off uh, and counting using the Coins app. That's impressive. Uh, the one, the dollar uh, was it like a dollar fifty. You said dollar ninety nine. Dollar ninety nine. Yeah, that's every single time, or is that is that monthly, or how does that work? Every 
every time you you make a payment that's that's for that so that's a so that so the payments are monthly and the and the fee is monthly got it okay great very cool they're based out of atlanta georgia they were at they were at startup of the year uh at our finals in october of last year also saw them at ces and you know, as a consumer-facing app, they get around and make the rounds and get out in front of uh, get out in front of consumers at every opportunity. And they, uh, you know, and they've raised some money in the past. Uh, and they've they have some some uh, some good investors from the from the region. They had Char- um, Queen City FinTech from Charlotte uh, invested in them a few years ago, and I believe also a, um, a Stacked Capital out of New York City had invested in them as well. All right. That's great. Lori, did you have some, some additional thoughts on them? I was just going to say, um, in addition to having them in our, um, in October, they were one of the top two winners at our South by event last year. Right. And mm. that's when we first noticed them. And I got to interview Christian and you talk about another go getter founder. Um, yeah, he's not going to stop till he gets there. So I just wanted to, I always like to give a shout out to the founders of Especially when I get, get, had a chance to meet them and and did an interview, and um, he's he's a good good guy, and I, I think this is um, a really uh, a really easy way to pay off your debt, yeah. and should definitely be something to um, hopefully help others. It reminds me of like Acorns, I think is the other one that um, mm. Acorns are. There, I mean, there's a couple that do similar things, but not necessarily for debt. It's for mm-hmm. other, you know, saving for the the thing you want to get or. Um, you know, investing in some way. So like Robinhood was another one that started like that. And now they're, I think they're a billion dollar company. Right. Um, so yeah, I think this, that, th- this and, could have legs. <laughs> no. And then, you know, can I just make one little footnote to my rent check folks as Theron was kind enough to help uh, us understand the, the recent report. I forgot to just wanted to do an extra highlight shout out that that is a female co-founded startup as we were talking about the importance of yeah. continuing to have female yeah. founders. So just wanted to bring that up. Go ahead. Go ahead, Theron. Nice. Um, yeah, I wanted to mention too that that Acorns comment. It's like the the Acorns for student loans. Um, my my question. I don't know how deep we uh, get into these things, but uh, mm-hmm. how how many more of these could there be? <laughs> you know, right. like hey, yeah. it could be this yeah. for that. But also then how uh, how defensible is it? You know, if if what stops the Acorns from focusing just on student loans. Um, instead right. in the future. That's true. No, it's defensibility is important. I mean, I see what you're saying. And um, definitely, um, they're, I mean, very focused on one market, which, I mean, think about it. Like, we live in an app economy. People have a million apps on their phone. So it could work in that way if you find, if they market to the right group. Um, yeah. And there's enough people, right? There's always enough, there's always enough people. But um, it's just when we all are, you know, looking across the board at all the different opportunities to um, see similar things that we're saying, okay, there's all these similar, like, like things, but I think they all are taking a slightly different spin, but you're right. Like, um, they could, I mean, coins could jump into similar spaces as the others though, too. It goes, yeah. it goes both ways. If they build a big enough critical mass and then all of a sudden now they're doing, um, you know, the, now you can invest too, or now you can do all of a sudden they've got checking accounts or whatever, you know, like, 100%. yeah. So it, I guess it's that it just, it, there's always an opportunity. It's just now continuing, like how, how do they press into it? Sure. The neat, neat thing about, the student loan subject is there's plenty of customers, right? There's no shortage of people that have student loans um, that they have to take care of. Yeah, no, that's a big, that's exactly right. And, and I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how to do it. And um, instead of, um, 
you know, trying to put their stuff into, into a, their own little piggy bank or whatever, this is a, a better way I think to do it and not have to like, and take the thought out of it in some ways. Uh, Rich, did you have some? Uh, you know, I was just going to add that the ultimate defensibility comes down to users. And if you have the user base and you're out doing doing good business, and if you can build a business around where your lifetime value is is you know far greater than your customer acquisition cost, and you get those ratios right, you can run you can run a, a solid business, and you can choose whether you want to fund or not. And you and like um, Theron, you mentioned uh, lighter capital earlier, right? And so there's a number of uh, revenue-based investment, alternative capital structures that are popping up or funds that are popping up along those lines that will fund companies as long as they get their metrics right. And so, you know, if Coins gets, goes out and wins the market and wins the, wins the customers, gets the metrics right on customer acquisition and, and keeps costs down, then, then they'll have a lot of options in front of them. Yeah. I mean, if they're churning out revenue because they're, they're literally taking one, 199 of all these different transactions, I mean, they could be printing money. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a well, the economies of it make total sense too. When yeah. you when you tell me, look, I could pay off that loan in three to five years sooner. I just think of, as you mentioned, Rich, at fifteen percent, you know, quarterly or annual. Gosh, that's a lot of money saved. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Really interesting, really interesting uh, way to slice it. Because you're right, there's a lot of competition, but this is a slightly different take. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to our last startup. It's um, out of Washington D.C. Uh, it's WattBuy, and WattBuy is an online electricity marketplace that helps residents save up to forty percent a year on electrical or electricity costs by switching them to a cheaper electricity provider. So, I don't know if you guys know this, but you actually have the right to choose in certain markets. Um, so, Rich, do you want to dive in a little bit deeper? Absolutely. And so, unfortunately, we don't have this option in Colorado where I live, but currently WattBuy is active in Texas, Pennsylvania, and New York. And really, it's just that you have, when you are in a market where, you, where you're able to choose, um, where you're able to choose your electrical provider, how do you, how do you know who's the right provider for you? How do you know what's one that matches, that matches your, your habits? Uh, how do you find the right one that, you know, could save you money or that will provide renewable, use renewable energy sources? And the, by WAPI's estimates, consumers are overpaying for electricity in excess of 20 billion in the 17 states that where residents have the choice of who provides their electricity. In Texas, there are 109 providers, and each have has 10 to 20 different plans. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it, <laughs> to, to think about that is it you may have a choice of you may have three providers offering you five different plans for where you are. How do you choose between 15 different plans? You know, nobody has time for that. And even though, and it may save you, and you may be able to save money and get renewables. And so, Watt by figures all that out for you. You plug in your address, and they'll they will let you know. Uh, here are the choices and the plans that make the most sense for you. I love it. I think that's that's really smart. Um, and I've seen others kind of try this uh, or similar things like this in different markets, and they've been quickly gobbled up. So, uh, meaning acquired, not eaten. Um, so, <laughs> so they, so this this team. Where's the Jaws music? I'm just. <laughs> <I'm laughs> oh, jeez. Right. Yeah. Now there's now I'm created, created a monster. Stay on it. Created a monster. <laughs> created a monster here. All right. So. So with WAPI though, they're uh, so they came out of um, TechStars Kansas City. So they were part of that accelerator, and then they r- rolled into our October Startup of the Year competition right afterwards. And they t- came in top fifteen, and then they raised their 
uh, their round, which is a $1.8 million round, um, led by Fort. They just closed that yeah. this year. At the beginning of this year, it was led by Fort Ventures out of uh, out of Fort Worth, Texas. Which is interesting um, to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So out of Texas, they're, they're getting the round, even though they're based in D.C. And then I guess it ma- matters where their focus is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they also had modern ventures in there. Modern's out of Chicago. And I really like the, you know, the, the work that modern does, they have a, a, a deals focused program. And so when they're investing in you, they have deep connections. They run summits where they bring in, uh, where they bring in, uh, corporate partners that have interests in different sectors and bring in the startups that they invest in from those sectors. Uh, very similar to what we are doing, what we do for our annual summit. Um, but modern does that and then invests in those companies. And, uh, and so really like, like that, uh, you know, modern, I think is a great, uh, strategic fit for what Wattbuy is doing. Very cool. Uh, and yeah, actually one of the co-founders, um, Ben Hood, uh, I used to work with out at AOL. So if known him for a long time he used to run all the video, oh, wow. video stuff for AOL and uh, we used to commute together sometimes because I don't know if you know but AOL's out in Dulles and we lived in DC area so um, lots of lots of good stuff glad to see him um, jumping in the startup world and, and with this it's been something he's been really passionate about for a long time and um, I'm glad that they're you know moving ahead and raising the rounds and, and growing so uh, we'll keep an eye on them for sure Um Thank you very much, Rich, for, for diving in there. Does anybody else have any thoughts on, on this space or, or what by? I just wish we had it, but yeah, we, we're also in a location that, that, that uh, we just have one choice. Change.org. Change.org. Get, get a change.org going and everyone can pick their own electricity. Uh, actually, yeah. that's interesting. We had NV Energy as the one in, in Vegas here in Nevada, and they had it on the on the docket last election to, to switch, like allow the ability to have choice, and it got voted down so we don't have a choice now so um, yeah i know right so kind of funny um so yeah we don't have the opportunity to do it here but i know it could you know obviously if we did we we, i'd love to use this too so uh i think that's the only one of the only barriers but i think the other markets are big enough for them to be able to to tackle those and and be be okay with that yeah i want to make a comment too like um this is super super interesting super disruptive and it's can make a lot of noise as well if we don't have options and other states do have options, I think there is a, you know, we can start to say, wait a minute, I want, I also want those types of options over here. Um, right. But if no one, no one's really looking at this, and it sounds like a really neat opportunity um, to, I, I love products that kind of democratize our choices and give us more options than than we're previously like unable to. Yep, totally agree, and it's, it's, it raises a really interesting point. Lori, did you want to add something? I just to that point. I mean, I live in California with the one provider, and because there aren't other options, I also think when you become a Goliath, you lose sight of um, sometimes not being as efficient and being um, a good customer service company. I mean, our, our ours is a. Uh, in trouble for a lot of the fires that are going that have gone on in the area where I live in California. So to that point, it's just um, I wish there were other options so that also it keeps that space um, healthy and competitive so that everyone stays on their game and does what they should be doing for for the public. Just my yeah. two cents. No, I, I think. <laughs> I well said. Well said. Yep. Yeah, definitely yeah. agree. Yeah. All right. Speaking of power um, and electricity, um, knowledge is power. And you can go get the SVB Startup Outlook Report, uh, the 2019 version. It's out there on svb.com, but you can also look at the short link, SOT, 
y.link, L-I-N-K, forward slash S-V-B-19. So go check that out. We're really excited uh, to have uh, Theron here today talking about the report and then also jumping in with his his thoughts and knowledge about uh, the startup land and some of the startups we looked at. So thank you so much for joining us today, uh, today Theron. I really appreciate it. Can yeah, we still have there. your Can we still have your music when you're not here? And we'll just, and we'll just <laughs> no. do a shout out to his, you. His exit music. There you go. We'll just do a shout out to you every time and get to play the music. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There's nice music. We'll kind of fade out to that. Remember to follow us. Uh, come say hi on social. We're on Instagram and Twitter at startupofyear.com. Sorry, startupofyear. And then our domain is startupofyear.com. Um, we've got some exciting news about our domain coming soon in, in the near future. We'll, we'll share that soon. But uh, if you're following along you might also want to look at all the different ways you can find a podcast um if you're on apple we're there if you're on google you're we're there if you're just on the web we're there too so go look look and find us there again thanks again for for joining us i'm frank gruber we're i'm in sunny downtown las vegas where this is episode seven and seven's our lucky thank you to theron here's your pl- pl- walk off music <laughs> uh as well as Lori teal uh rich malloy and the rest of the gang that helped us get this together. We'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.